0: Little did I know I was going to be talking to somebody from Canada. (laughs) Saludo, (laughs) mi gente. We hope everybody is in good health. And whether you're starting your day or finishing it out, thanks for listening. And if you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and subscribe. If you leave a comment, that will help us out immensely. And always share. Thank you very much. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Brian St. Louis. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Where, where
0: are you from originally, Brian?
1: So I was born in Canada, but I was raised in New York. So a year later, we moved to New York. And that's where I spent most of my you know, childhood, adolescence and everything until I went to school for college.
0: What part of New York?
1: I grew up in Long Island.
0: Long Island.
1: Yeah. I know people try to say we're not really a part of the city. I know.
0: Yeah. But,
1: <laughs> but I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it. It's like you're close enough, but then you also can step away a little bit. So I, yeah, man, I, I love Long Island.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And now you're in you're in Canada.
1: Yeah, right now I'm in Canada. I'm in Calgary. I love Canada, man. It's kind of like it's a full circle. Came from Montreal, but ended up back in Canada anyway. But I, I like the quality of life here. I yeah. think it's great overall. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place, man.
0: I'm jealous, man. <laughs> <laughs> How's the how's the weather out there right now?
1: Well, I mean, you might not be too jealous because right now it's it's, it's snowing.
0: So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: But it's uh, you know I I like I like the views here especially we're not too far away from Banff which is like some of the most beautiful mountain ranges. Yeah. So it definitely has that that allure over here for sure.
0: Uh, let's talk a little bit about your show, man.
1: Yeah, I just um I just launched. It's called Madcasters. Uh, is focused on the first three letters being MAD, making a difference. Uh, the whole concept of the show is to highlight individuals and organizations who are actively making a difference in their communities, you know, helping out the homeless, um, reaching out to individuals, or, or fighting for a certain cause. And um, the other side of it is also for personal development, people who are helping or building themselves personally, spiritually. Uh, financially, and X, Y, and Z. So it's, it's, it's been going great so far, just launched, but definitely loving it for sure.
0: Yeah, man, I heard the shows, man. BSL in the house. There you go. <laughs> BSL <laughs> in the house, man. Yeah, man.
1: Oh, man, yes, sir.
0: Yeah, man, I, um, I'm able to, at work, kind of binge listen. Okay. And I just listen all day long. That's what's up. Yeah, dude. How can we... Contact you if anybody wants to contact you. If anybody wants to hear your show,
1: yeah. Uh, well, they can go on www.madcasters.com. Um, that's my website that I have. But also, they can go on pretty much any of the major podcasting places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as Google Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all of that. But I'm also on Instagram at Madcasters. If people have someone who they know or they have an organization. Uh, that they would like to showcase or highlight, and what they're doing in the world around them, they they can reach out to me directly there too.
0: Cool, man. Cool. You're a youth specialist.
1: Yeah. Well, I used to work. I used to work at a as a youth specialist for the for the juvie in Michigan. Okay. That was when I was about 22 to 24, and I, I used to work there at the juvie. It was a the great experience for sure, man. Yeah. But right now I'm also working as a youth pastor.
0: Okay. You said something about that on your intro, on the intro show.
1: Yeah, yeah. So working at the Juby, uh, it actually pretty much changed a lot of my perspectives about, because I went to school for ministry, right? Uh, Right. And I went to school for for theology. But when I came out of school, I went directly, I started working at that juvenile detention facility. And I think that it really changed my whole perspective about uh, the way that I see ministry and the way I see people as well. It gave me a different outlook as to what um, sometimes the church may may look for. Um, I saw a tremendous amount of of young kids who were needing help and support, and I was looking at where the church was in that place, and I was just like, man, I I wish there was more people pouring into kids like this, and uh, it really, really kind of changed the way I saw things for sure because. Uh, i saw such a broken broken generation, of broken broken kids and i just wanted to help as much as i can.
0: Yeah man. Yeah, my um my brother-in-law, he's the director of a home, a group home here in Tampa. Mm. And very similar situations, man. Yeah. And it's it's sad to see such young kids in such crappy situations, man. It's hard for them to look any further than tomorrow.
1: It's true. And a lot of them, they, uh it, it was situations that they were put into, you know, from families, from their communities, from, from their situations. And, and like you said, it's hard for them to see past tomorrow. Uh, that was actually one of the things I tried to do the best was to give them, was to help them to be visionaries, to see outside of just the immediate, but who they wanted to become, mm-hmm. not just who they are right now. And I think that In some way, shape, or form, it helps some. Of course, you know, you can't reach everybody, but you do what you can in that sense.
0: That's a cool thing, man. And still with the youth now.
1: Still with the youth now, man. Definitely. You know, I didn't even know that I was going to be on this route working with youth for so long. Basically, since I was 20, I've been finding myself in positions working with youth. And I've just loved it ever since that time. Till this day. I find the greatest fulfillment when I'm working with the next generation, helping them to grow and to, you know, mentor them into who they're going to be as well. It's just, I don't know, it's just something that has blessed me where I'm able to pour into them because, you know, I see so much greatness in them as well. So it's definitely a blessing in that.
0: It's a cool thing what you're doing, man. They need people like yourself, man.
1: I appreciate that, man.
0: We we appreciate you, man. And you're going to be probably touching people's lives and you won't even know it, man. Like all those kids that you, you uh you met through that situation when you were younger in your twenties, right. I'm sure, man, those kids are somebody somewhere is remembering you and you don't even know it. And no. yo, I'm telling you, dude, that actually happened to to my wife and myself. We went through a hard time in the very beginning of of our marriage. And we reached out to to this, it was a youth pastor and his wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, we didn't know them. They made everything so comfortable. Right. That, you know, I, I reached out to them. And I told them our situation. And, mm. bro, I hadn't seen them in in probably more than 15 years. Oh, wow. And I, I saw them, I think, last Year or the year before, the church that church that they were from had a thirty-year anniversary, and I was asked to play. And they came in, and I look at my wife. I'm like, "Is are these these people?" And I said, "We gotta talk to them afterwards." So I went over there and talked to him, and I'm like, "Yo, do you remember me? I'm such and such." And he's looking at me like, you know, he's trying to be polite, but <laughs> right, he's looking right. at me. He's like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, man. I don't. I don't remember." And I told him, dude, the the look on his face mm. was priceless. So I know, I know, I mean, I'm on this side of it. I know that right, you're touching right. somebody's life that you don't even, you won't even remember. Oh, praise God, man. Know.
1: Praise God, yeah.
0: So what you're doing is, is a great thing, man.
1: I appreciate that, man.
0: On behalf of all the kids, on behalf of all the kids, thanks, man. I
1: appreciate that, man. Thank you. All right, bro,
0: let's switch it to the pastor's kid's life, man.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. How long you been a pastor's kid?
1: Well, I'm 30 now, so I guess I've been a PK for 30 years.
0: That's awesome, bro. Yeah, That's man. That's awesome. Uh, what has been the happiest moment as a pastor's kid?
1: Happiest moment?
0: Or a favorite experience?
1: Okay. Is it okay if I say two
0: things? Of course.
1: Okay. So you know how typically pastors kids, right? We we have the thing about how our dads are not really around right. and they're a lot more busy with the church than they are with their with the kids and stuff like that. Um, I've heard that all my life. I've heard that since I was a kid. I heard that, you know, from other PKs and and, and everything of the sort. But one of the things, man, that always brought me pride. But my father was that, you know, he was there every single morning when I was getting ready for school. You know, my dad was, was making me breakfast and lunches. My dad was was always around, consistent with my basketball games. Just, you know, there, there was a sense of understanding that he wasn't going to prioritize the church over me. Now, I am the last of five kids. So. I don't know how that was for every <laughs> all the other four, but maybe it was like, you know, he got it right I, by the time, you know, by the time it was me. But I felt that man for my father. And actually, the the second thing I would say is happiest moment as a PK uh was when my father was on the pulpit and he publicly and this is a church that had like over a thousand members or something like that. Um, but he publicly admitted that he did something wrong hmm. at a board meeting, and like and he he apologized to the person in the pulpit. That just like shook my whole world view because uh, I saw a sense of humility that I've never seen before, and it's something that I I hold on. I think I was about 16 when that happened. I hold on to that to this day. Um So definitely, those those are the two things that. You know, they just make me very happy in that sense, man. You know, being a PK and everything of the sort.
0: That's cool, man. I had yeah. the same experience uh as far as my father being around. Mm. My father was a busy dude. Don't get me wrong. Yes. yes. He was a very busy dude and he was always working somewhere. Yeah. Because he had a secular job. But oh, okay, he did take us out. We did come to Florida to Disney World and... And we right, did go to Puerto yeah. Rico, and yeah. we did go to Canada. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel that that experience like how you say other other kids were like, oh, my dad missed my birthday because I've heard that. Yeah. I, I don't have that experience, so we're we're me, yeah,
1: me neither, we're man. Lucky,
0: we're blessed, man.
1: That, that's true. That's true. Because a lot of kids, man, like I've heard that way too many times of how they felt completely neglected from their father. And, you know, to be a pastor and have the neglect, you know, sometimes that could be the very thing that they, especially at a younger age, Mm -hmm. you know, you see, you see God a lot of times illuminated from how you see your parents. And if, if you're being neglected by your father, who's a pastor of the church, you know, it can make, it could be a certain way about how you even think about how God will see you too.
0: Yeah, definitely. So on the flip side of that, what has been your least favorite experience as a PK? least favorite
1: experience, man, is, I would say, I would say it's the pressure of feeling as though you always had to be perfect, or, or you had to know everything about the Bible.
0: <laughs>
1: it, it wasn't, it wasn't easy, because you, you had to live, a, it, it was a certain way in which people wanted you to act, you know, you had to be, you know, your pastor St. Louis's son, your, your <laughs> sister, your Madame St. Louis, you know, son, and it's just like, Man, I couldn't mess up, and and but I was a I was a troublemaker sometimes, man. <laughs> uh, and I, I mean this is bad, but like I even you know there was a couple of times I fought in church, you know, so it <laughs> so, <laughs> didn't make things easy, man. Um, but like you know, my mom, she was very, you know, both my parents, you know, they were very understanding, man. But I had a I had an issue with my temper. Yeah, God, God changed that for me when I was 19 completely, but that wasn't always the case, you know? So definitely the, the pressures of needing to be perfect, knowing your Bible. I don't know if you guys ever done like, it's basically like this, almost like a Jeopardy in a sense. Bible bowls. Yeah, it was just Bible bowls. You had to, you know, you you were the team captain and everything of the sort, but I'm not going to lie. It was a point of the time I wasn't always reading the Bible, <laughs> so... Hey man, for real. <laughs> I, I didn't know everything, man. So that definitely was kind of hard for me because there was a point I just I wasn't as serious in the Word of God as I am yeah. clearly as
0: I am now. Yeah, yeah, man. That um, we used to have these these like kind of like Bible verse competitions. Yeah, yeah. It would be like a race. They would stand two people in the back of the church, and yeah. then if you know, as as you said the Bible verse, you would take a step, so you would take turns.
1: Oh okay, 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 okay.
0: I didn't go very far. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that was funny.
0: Yeah, man, that's that's how it is, man. So you touched you touched a little bit about kind of running away from your calling as a pastor. Could you kinda of go into that? How um When did you realize or or did you realize and say, no, I don't want this? Or how did that come about?
1: It goes back, man, since I was like six. I was six years old and apparently, you know, I was on stage and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a pastor when I grow up, you know, (laughs) and I was just, I was just, you know, a kid that saw his father and just in awe, you know, at all times. Um, I think I said it again when I was like 12. Um, and then I said it at my graduation, you know, 17 and I was just like, well, you know, I'm going to go into school for theology already. I I set myself up to go to Andrews university. It was in Michigan. You know, everything was, was in, in the, in that trajectory. I finished my BA and, and I was ready to roll. And then I started working at the juvie. And I think that's where, like I, like I told you before, I think that's where things really started to shift. Uh, there was an experience where one day uh, we were in a focus group and they asked me, what, what do I do for a living? And I told them I was in school for the seminary at this time. You're not allowed to talk about the Bible you know. first, but if they ask you questions, you can bring it up. Okay. After that focus group, they typically have an hour and a half for them to be able to play games, video games, watch TV, and then they go to sleep. They spent the whole time reading the Bible, spending time asking me questions about Jesus Christ, spending time asking me questions about a whole bunch of stuff, man.
0: Wow.
1: And I was in shock. Like, I didn't show it, but I was in shock. And I I loved the whole time. I had a Bible study with a whole bunch of juvenile kids. Hmm. And so I'll never forget, I went back to, to a professor of mine and some other people as well. And I told them, I was like, listen, I think it would be worthwhile to try to see if we can start some sort of ministry at the juvie i can't do it right now because i'm working there if you wanted to bring kids whatever you know some students or there was a professor willing and what i got more was a response of fear because of who the kids were Mm -hmm. rather than a willingness to to help and at that moment that really kind of shook me into seeing what is pulpit ministry really about then because i was kind of like if i'm going to be a pastor you you know is it really just about maintaining the church and just preaching once a week and or doing a a wednesday night prayer meeting like is that really what it is and i just started having a distaste from it for, uh, for it at that point a couple of years down the road i ended up moving actually like stepping away from, from ministry completely, as a like moving towards the track of a pastor. I actually started teaching. Uh, well, I actually went into bodybuilding for a little bit, but <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> but, um, I started teaching at this school that was a, a Christian led school, but it was especially for kids who were at risk youth. And I just think more so they were just kids that were misunderstood uh, and who needed love. But ultimately it was such a great experience for me uh, to be able to to move in that sector where I just felt it felt great man it was a, it was a place where I was able to pour into them I was able to learn a lot more about myself too and I ended up being a principal of that school and I felt great some circumstances happened in, in my life where you know I I, I lost my daughter in, in the in the process wow in 2017 and then the following year it's uh, yeah it's it's crazy how things happen man but the following year basically God was pretty much showing me how he he made things very clear long story short I asked God if he if he really wanted me to get back into ministry and I told him if he really wants to talk to me he needs to talk to me on March 15th 2018. And I told him, if you want to give me an answer, tell me that answer on that day. And on that day, a year later, he, he gave me a clear cut. Yes, I want you to go to Canada. I want you to become a pastor. And and I took that decision to do so. It, it wasn't, like, like I said, it wasn't easy because I, I I pretty much ran away from it. But feeling that God wanted me to go back, the experience that I, my wife and I had, and, and knowing that, you know certain things were moving in a certain direction i knew that this was this was god's calling for me to get back into and to this day i've been here for two years and a few months and, and it's been such a beautiful experience for me i i don't regret it one bit at all
0: that's brave man hey god talk to me this day
1: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i told the pastor that he was like whoa don't do that again i was like what <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> I was like, you need to know God for yourself, and you know, and I know that that was that was what I needed to ask God because um, it, it was imperative for my walk. Yeah, uh, it was imperative for my decision. And the other thing that was imperative for my decision was that I didn't want God. or sorry, I didn't want my dad to be the focus of my of my career. I had opportunities where my dad could have giving me a, a position back in New York, but I didn't want to take it. Mm-hmm. Cause to me, I, I told myself, if I'm gonna be a pastor, I don't want it to be in, in any sort of nepotism. It's gonna have to be God who makes it happen 100 percent Yeah. And it was hard because my dad, when I told him I left the seminary and I and I left, you know, pastoral ministry, we had a pretty heated argument. But the argument ended with him saying he wasn't upset or he's not upset because I left, he was upset because I didn't think I could tell him what I was, what decisions I was making. And he felt kind of excluded. Hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that it was the decision itself. It was just the fact that I, I thought I couldn't tell him that. And that actually, it, it kind of shut me up to be, <laughs> to be honest. And it, and it helped me see my dad in a different light too, uh, because I, I realized at that point that my dad cared more about my life, not just following in his footprints. So it was a good healing moment for me too.
0: I find it interesting how the things you say about your dad, I find a link between our, our dads. That's, That's a pretty good, cool man. thing, man. It's a pretty cool thing. Now that you are a youth pastor, do you think being a pastor's kid has an advantage?
1: It's It's an advantage for sure. I'll say the main reason I grew up seeing church politics, seeing the good and the ugly of church. And so when I when I chose to become a pastor, especially pretty much the second time around, I I knew what I didn't want to become. And I knew exactly what was the path that I wanted to take. My father was was nowhere close to a politician he was just a man of the people and, and really just, just loved God. And, and, you know, and he made decisions that was best for for the kingdom of God and best for the church. You know, he didn't play that, that game. And so that was something that I was able to see how he maneuvered, how he spoke to people, how even those who didn't like him, you know, quote unquote, how he still dealt with them with love. And it's something that I, you know, I'm able to take on as a as a leader now. But for sure, I think it's more so an advantage just because I was able to learn a lot church policies, church um, way, way the way of life. You know, where someone who might not necessarily be be from the church, you know, and, and still still give their lives to God. It's it's a way in which, you no, know, for me. There's that history behind it, right? Now, that could also be a it could be a bad thing because you have too much history. And some people, you know, when when they're new to the church, they want to bring new and progressive ideas and everything of the sort. Uh, but for me, I try to be as progressive as possible. I think methods could change. The message has to stay the same, though. But I I, I believe that methods could could always be changed and. We don't have to stick to traditions and, and certain things like that. So, But overall, I think it was definitely
0: an event. I agree, yeah. man. I agree. As long as you're preaching the, the true word of God, I think you're going to be all right. That's it, man. Let the spirit take over, and you, you're going to be good. That's it. To finish out, man, I would like for you to give us some final thoughts maybe a word of encouragement anything you want to say to to the youth actually you know what let's just push it out there this is specifically to the youth
1: i'll say this especially um to the youth out there to to pk's to pk youth out there too you're going to have to take that walk with god yourself like like you told us before that christian walk is something that everyone has to has to choose We all know the song, not not your father, not your mother, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. It's a very real thing that uh, we have to take and and control our own lives. Uh, Our father, no matter if he's a pastor or our mother, no matter if she's a pastor or not, they won't bring you to heaven. Only God can. And, you know, the more and more we have that relationship with God, and I know some of us are listening some some of you may be listening because you might not have that great relationship with your father or mother who's a pastor, whatever the case may be, because of the time that they may be given to the church. But I, I promise you that the more and more you have that relationship with God, it will be a lot harder for you to want to leave Christianity or or want to leave the church because your walk with him is what's gonna hold you through. It's not gonna be your friends, it's not gonna be your parents, it's not gonna be your your siblings or or mentors whoever it is but it's going to be between you and God and ultimately one of the greatest things that I I'm realizing more and more is that he wants to know you and he just wants you to know him and the more and more we have that friendship that relationship that growth with Christ the better off our life will will be for sure and and it doesn't make things easier but it makes it better in the long run so just keep that relationship with Christ building. Read your Bible, you know, spend time in prayer and allow Christ to be your everything and your best friend.
0: Thank you for your words, bro.
1: Absolutely, man. It was a pleasure to be on this on this podcast, man. I really appreciate the uh the invitation and definitely looking forward to hearing your podcast way more as well, man. Thank you,
0: man. It was it was my pleasure, man. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the show and don't forget to subscribe. Thank mm-hmm. you.